Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. We're going to take a little diversion from the book of Revelation uh, this morning. You know, the Lord has put Philippians on my heart, especially verse 6, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, and I couldn't get away with it. I mean, I kept trying to push it away, saying, okay, I'm going to do my study. And the Lord kept giving me this verse, so I believe that there's a special word for all of us here today in this, in this chapter that we're going to look at in Philippians uh, chapter 1. And it was kind of interesting because I told my wife, and she says, no way. She says, that's the book that we're going to do for the ladies. We're going to be in Philippians. So the Lord, ladies, you're going to want to make sure you come out to the, to the, uh, the women's Bible studies because God has a word. But today... Uh, God has a special word for us out of Philippians chapter 1, picking up in verse 1. And so if you can turn there with me, please. Philippians 1, verse 1. Title of our message is, He Will Complete It. Have you ever started a project that you, you didn't finish? Have you ever started a project that you regretted? I tell you, I have. I, I remember when I was young, I had a Volkswagen Rabbit. And I, during the time, I, financially, I wasn't doing very well and I didn't have the money that I wanted to use towards having someone replace the brakes, and the brakes were going out. So I, I thought, well, how hard can it be? How difficult can it be to put brake shoes on? You know. So I, I bought the parts, and literally, I never did it before. I just thought, you know, I'm going to take it apart and figure out how to do it. And I took the parts off, and it was a mess. I mean, literally, I couldn't even get the springs off because I didn't have the right tools. So I was like cutting the springs and pulling the springs and just, and it was just, I mean, by the time I thought I had it done, I had a bunch of parts that were still left over. <laughs> and so I had a mechanic come and, and, you know, had to pay the mechanic to finish the job. But God's not that way with us. God has the right tools. God has the experience. God completes the work that he does in every one of us. When he, he starts a work, he completes it. He, he doesn't give up. Isn't that a comforting thing to know? And we're going to look at these verses, and I just want to remind you, he who has begun a good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it. And to the day of Christ Jesus, to the day you see Jesus Christ face to face, he is doing the work. So let's take a look at this wonderful text. So Philippians chapter 1, picking up in, in verse 1. Paul the Apostle writes, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a great passage? Just for the note takers here, and hopefully many of you are, obviously this letter was written by uh, Paul the Apostle and Timothy, as the first verse tells us. I want to let you know that Paul loved the church in Philippi that he's writing to. He had a great love for this church. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's the one that, that started this work. He started the church there in Philippi, and uh, it was on his second missionary journey. Uh, also, 
you know, we read when we were in the book of Acts in chapter 16, we read about, you know, how he started the work. Remember, Lydia uh, came to know the Lord. She was the first convert uh, there in Europe. When Remember, Paul was uh, preaching by the riverside and Lydia got saved. Uh, also, another great story that started this work. Remember when Paul and Silas, they were there in prison. And remember, the Philippian jailer was ready to kill himself. He was going to commit suicide, basically, because the, the doors of the prisons were open. And then remember that uh, Paul the Apostle and Silas prayed with him, and he became a believer. So that's the, the beginning of this church that Paul's writing to, a, a wonderful work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's believed that this letter was written probably 10 years after Paul was uh, there, after he started the church there. So probably 10 years later, Around uh, 61 AD is when it uh, most likely he wrote this, uh, this letter, this epistle. It's the first church that was established in Europe. It's something to good note to take. But I, I think, I believe the greatest thing about this, and again, ladies, you're going to want to hear, my wife will have much more in depth for you uh, for that. But uh, the greatest thing I see is that Paul the Apostle, when he's writing this, he's in a, a Roman prison. And what fascinates me is he's in a dungeon as he's writing this. He's waiting to, to go in front of Caesar to, you know, to, for, his, you know, for his court date and all. But this letter is filled with joy. While, while he's there in a prison, he's writing, and it's just filled with love and joy and, and telling him to rejoice and, and all these wonderful things. And I, you know, that's a highlight of this book to realize that though Paul the Apostle was in prison, he had great joy, and you can tell through his reading. So that's a wonderful thing to take note of. Again, as uh, Dave mentioned, uh, ladies, uh, the Bible study is this Thursday for the ladies uh, at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall. But also she has a Friday morning at 10.30. So if you can't make the, sun, or the Thursday at 7, Friday morning, uh, every first Friday uh, she'll be doing that. So, so it'll, she'll go in more depth for the ladies. But today I just want to truly focus on verse 6. So if you can look back with me in verse 6. And this is the verse I believe the Lord has for us today. Saying, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this verse for one reason, because we can put our own name in there. Where it says you, you can put, and I can put my name in there, Joe. He who has begun a good work in Joe will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can put your name. I, I put different names. Bob, you know, Bob, you can put your name in there. Kathleen's name. I even put Tammy's name in there. So we just go on and on and on. But you can put your name in here and with confidence. Paul the Apostle said, I, being confident of this very thing. And, and what I want to say is that, are you confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, that he's going to complete it? Are you, do you have that confidence? Isn't it wonderful to have that confidence to know that, that the work that God began in each one of us, he's going to do it. He's going to complete it. And he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's going to complete this work until we see the Lord face to face. Many years ago when I was, I was a youth pastor back in Michigan and, and I knew the Lord was calling me into full-time you know, full-time uh, work in ministry, and I didn't know how that was going to work out. And as the Lord opened doors, and the Lord made it clear, and the Lord basically, you know, 
had me go to a conference and the Lord said, let it go, let the corporate world go. And I waited five years to let it go. Then I was in Indiana with my youth group at a youth camp and Joey Baran was teaching out of Ecclesiastes. There's a time and a season for everything under the sun. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. And then out of the blue, he just stopped everything and he says, and there's someone here the Lord's talking to about your work. And he said, let it go. And you need to let it go. And that's the only word that God gave me. So I knew it was the Lord confirming and I had to let it go. But I remember trying to figure this out. How is this going to work? And I mean, I'm telling you, I'd spend hours on a calculator. Okay, if I could just make this much money. Okay, I sell the house. And if I sell the house, maybe I can get a job at McDonald's and make, what, what are they paying these days? You know, I, just, I would just try to figure out how could I make it all work? And I would have different plans and different ways to, to make it work. But, but God did it. He who begins a good work in us, he will be faithful to complete it. All you need to know is the direction. All you need to know is, you know, be, you know, confirm which way he's going. And, you know, there'll be people around us that'll tell us, you know, you know why is that happening in your life? Why are you doing that? And, it, and it, all you have to do is make sure that you're pleasing to God. I remember while I was thinking out the process and how it's going to work, and I know the Lord's calling me out, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, I need a confirmation. And as soon as you confirm it, I'll, I'll step out. I remember that, and I'm thinking through that, and I stopped at a Christian bookstore. I used to drive and travel a lot, so I don't remember what state it was in or where. I knew it was far away from my house, and I went to a Christian bookstore. I walk in there and go up to the counter. I bought some you know, books or whatever, commentaries probably for teaching, and, and I go up there, lady in the counter, she looked at me and she says, she says, the Lord says, it's, it's saying to you, the money that you're saving right now will be used when you, when you go into full-time ministry. I was like, where did that come from? And she says, I don't know. She goes, the Lord told me to tell you that. <laughs> and it was true. He who begins a good work in us, he will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's faithful. Notice the work, what it says. He's doing the work. It's not us. He's the actual one working in us and through us, and he's doing the work. He's causing things to happen in our lives. He's bringing things up in our lives and surfacing things up, and he's doing this deep work, hopefully, in every one of us. But I believe sometimes what can happen with our lives as Christians, we can take over the work, right? It's almost like we, we want to, you know, I'm going to do this to please God. I'm going to do that to please the Lord. And it's like, and we're doing the work. And actually, whenever that's happening, when I'm doing work to please God, it's terrible. I was in my office in the high school room uh, just Thursday, and a young couple, they were walking by, and, and they were kind of looking in the window, and I working on a study and all. So I, you know, talked to them. They were waiting for the prayer meeting, and so I was, I said, well, come on in. And they were like an hour early or something. So they sat down. I felt the Lord, I, I had things to do, and I felt the Lord said, I want you to talk to them. So we sat down, and we started talking. And, and I started realizing, you know, the, the one uh, lady that was a young girl that was there, you know, she's saying, she's talking about being burnt out of church. She's getting burnt out. And it was so wonderful because I was, you know, talking to her about, you know, really, we will always get burned out if it's us doing the work. And it was, you know, as she was talking to me, it was like, you know, she was saying that, you know, she was going to church come out because basically she wants to please God and she's going to these places because she wants to please. And I says, it's all about relationship. And we have a loving relationship with our God and we cultivate this relationship with him. And then it's his work that he's doing in us and through us. And it doesn't, there's no burnout in that. I used to love, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith when they would ask him, 
you know, about retiring. And they'd say, well, when are you going to retire? He says, well, why would I retire when I'm not tired? It's true. Why would you retire? Why would you stop doing something you love to do? He's doing the work. He's going to complete the work that he's done. It's based on his faithfulness, not our faithfulness. He's the one doing it. In the next chapter, Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, Paul talking, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And you might look at that and say, well, that's a direct contradiction to what we're reading, you know. But it doesn't say you know, work, you know, work for your salvation. It says work it out. In other words, you're, the salvation, you're saved by grace through faith, but, but you're working it out with fear. You realize I serve a holy God, and, and Lord, I want to submit myself to you. I want to yield myself to you in fear and trouble. You, you, know, you, just, you don't want to go any way that's outside of his will, outside of his plan, outside of what, what he has, because he has a good work for us. So there's trembling, knowing that if I step outside of that, it's going to be a mess. But, you know, many times people will quote that. They'll say, yeah, well, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, you get some people real legalistic. You know, brother, you better work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? But they fail to look at the very next verse. Did you look at the next verse? For it is God who works in you both to will and to to do for his good pleasure. And this verse, you know, it, it takes the heat off of the first part of it where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I got to work out my salvation. I got to work for myself. You never have to work for your salvation. Do you know that? It's a finished work at the cross. Jesus Christ paid the price. But you work out your salvation. But then I am so freed when I read this next verse because it is God who works in you both to do, to will and to do. He's doing it. It's his work. He's doing the job. He's, he's going to be faithful, and it's his good pleasure to do the work. Another great passage that goes with that is in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself. Don't you love that? The God of peace himself. Our God is the God of peace. Sanctify you completely. And may your body, excuse me, and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the next verse, he who calls you is faithful, who also will, can we say it together? Will do it. He'll do it. He'll do that work. He'll complete that work. Again, has God started a work in your life? He's going to be faithful. Are you confident of that very thing, that he who began that work in your life will be faithful to complete it? I hope so. Did you notice also in this verse, it's a good work? God only takes on good projects. He'll only take a work if it's a good work. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, it tells us that after he created it, he saw what, all that he made. It says, indeed, it's very good. We serve a good God. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a work that he goes, oh, my goodness gracious, what did I do here? Let's put this away. Let's... You know. It's not like he has a closet that he just puts, you know, like all the bad stuff over here and just shuts the door. No, everything that he does is good. I can testify of that. The work that God's doing in my life, it's a good thing. It's not always comfortable. It's not always the way I want it to be because his ways are far greater and better. But I can testify to the fact it's a good thing. 
If someone would tell me, oh, I don't know, 25 years ago, that you would be a pastor of a church, that you would be, be a part of a work that, that God's going to start in a community that never had a church ever in their history for over 100 years, but you're going to be one of the, you know, the pastors there, and you're going to be a part of it, I would say, what, are you just crazy? There's no way. But now at the other end, as we're here and as God's working in this community and God's working in people's lives and as we're watching people being transformed, we're watching people get saved, we're watching people develop in the things of God. And it's like, I look and say, God, you're doing a good work. You're doing awesome things, God. It's a good work that he's doing. I, I, I marvel at the fact. I look around the room and just see you know, people that, that were here in the community. They didn't know Jesus until they started coming and they gave their life to Christ and now they're growing in the things of God. And watching their children, their grandchildren, coming to know Jesus. I think of Bob Perdue also, just watching him and then you know, give his life to Christ, his son being touched by that. Watching, you know, he, you know, the first fruits of heaven as he went to heaven. Then there's different Angela, just the work. I remember the day Angela came to church back almost 13 years ago, right around 12, 13 years ago when we were in the small women's club. I literally had my notes ready to teach a sermon, and God says, I don't want you to teach that. And I put my notes aside. I says, okay, everyone, I had a prepared message I was going to say, but God wants me to say something else, so we're going to talk about this. Turn over here. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about that, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And Angela comes up first time at our church. She says, Pastor, I know why your message would change, because I was just asking those questions to the lady that was bringing me to the church. And you answered those questions for me. Then her grandson gets baptized at the labor of love, and he says, Grandma, this is the best day of my entire life. It's a good work. It's a good work. God's doing good works. My wife ordered a patio set. She shopped online, and she got the best deal. She had a tremendous deal on this patio set, and we comes to her house in these, in these boxes, and we open up the boxes, and it seemed like there was 10,000 pieces come out. So we saved 200 bucks. <laughs> what? We saved 300. I'm sorry, I was just, this, that was just a joke. I didn't know what we saved, but <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's correcting me. She says, no, honey, it's 300. We saved 300. No, no. <laughs> That's not even my point. My point is, <laughs> I literally get overwhelmed when there's a lot of pieces with this guy. I don't mind building stuff and other different things, that, but when, like, Ikea boxes or these other boxes that have, you open up the bag and just a million pieces to fall out, I, something just overloads in my brain. Seriously, I don't know if anyone is like this, but I'm just, literally, I, I remember opening up the boxes and I feel like I'm just in traumatized state. I'm just, like, traumatized. I'm like... <laughs> and my wife's, like, there with the tools. Honey, I'll help you. Let's put this together. And I'm not even, I am not even a little bit joking. This is with all sincerity. I'm like traumatized. I'm standing in the room. I'm thinking, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This is not a good work. There's good works, but this is not a good work. And I remember years ago, the Lord taught me the last time I had to put a bunch of cabinets together in our old house, one step at a time. And I had to do that. I had to, I mean, literally, it's just the strangest thing. I had to put everything aside. I had to just almost act as if nothing else is going on. Just this one, box one, just one. That's it, one. <laughs> I'm serious. And I just focus on one. 
And I'm telling you, I literally prayed. This wasn't that long ago. I'm literally praying through the process. I'm like, Lord, because my mind wants to say, no, no, there's more than one. There's all kinds of stuff. (laughs) And I had to literally stop numerous times in our living room and say, Lord, okay, help me to focus. Help me to focus one, just on one. Help me to focus, Lord. I mean, it sounds terrible, but I'm telling you, this literally in the, the room, I'm interceding for myself. <laughs> and I finished one, and it was like, well, that was easy. That was just, just two hope, you know, screws here. That. Then, okay, let's work on two. Let's work on three. Let's work on four. Let's work on five. Let's work on the next one. 737. (laughs) I believe that's how God works in our lives. It's a good work, but it's a process. And I know in our lives we can get overwhelmed if we think of the process. We think of how much work really needs to be done in all of us. But he brings us to step one, and he wants us to be faithful to that step one. What changes has God been doing in your life? In this last year, how about in the last month, has there been changes in your life that he's doing? How about the last week or the last few days? Is, is God doing a work? Is he, is he changing things? Because he's not going to go to the next step until he's, you ever, I've done that before without, you know, the step things. I'd, I'll go to like step seven and eight before I did two and three. And then you got to take the whole thing apart again and just, you know, just say, because it's not going to work. It's not going to fit. And I I believe that's what we want to go to. Oh, God, I want to go to step seven. I want to go to step eight. I want to be this great person. I want to do all great things for you. I want to do all this. It's great. That's all great. But but let's go back to step one. And there's a test. And he'll be faithful to complete it. But you need to yield yourself and submit yourself to that test. And you need to allow him to do that deep work that he's desired to do in your life. And he's not going to do the next steps until you finish the steps that God has placed right in front of you. He who began a good work wants to be faithful to complete it, but he needs you to submit. He needs you to yield. Are you able to list those things? Are you able to write down those things that God has been doing in your life? And if you can't list things that God has been doing in the last year in your life, it's quite possible that the project, the construction project, is stopped. And I want to encourage you, he wants it to start up again. And we can make excuses why, God, why, you know, this and that. And, and, and sometimes when it's so uncomfortable, the, the work that's going on can be a very uncomfortable. We can say, well, I don't like this uncomfortableness. I don't like this thing. I don't like this. Well, construction stops. I'm just going to do this to numb my pain. I'm just going to do this to go to sleep. I'm just going to forget about all these things, and I'm not going to talk and think about any of this. I'm just going to be numb. Well, the construction's going to stop. But he doesn't want the construction to stop. He wants to complete a work that he's begun in each one of us. He wants to do the work. And the good thing is it's an open book test. We have all the answers right in front of us in the very word of God. The answers are there to to tell us which way to go, how to handle that situation. And we go right to the book. We go right to the book and it gives us the answers. And all we do is we apply the answer and it's taken care of. And then guess what? Step two is coming away. It's right in front of you. But it's a good work, and step two is going to be a whole different thing that God wants to do. But you have to go finish step one. And that's how we grow spiritually as believers. You know, there's people in my life that, that call themselves Christians. They gave their life to the Lord. They said a perfect. I know for a fact, 20 years later, they're still not even completing step one. 
They won't even go near step one. They, they know what it is. It's like, whoa, no, 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 that's too difficult. No, no, that interferes with my life. That interferes with my comfortability. I, I'm not comfortable with that in my life. But God says, no, I want to change you. I want to do an awesome work in you. I'm going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Just step into step one. Let me change that area of your life. I'm going to do it. You just need to submit to me. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.